Welcome to The Lab. What's going on, all you brainiacs out there? And welcome back to yet another episode of the Fantasy Football Laboratory. I am your host, the King of Trade, Shane Palmer, joined as always by Spitfire Lucas Parrish. What's going on, guys? And the chemist, Jack McGrath. Shane, how are we doing today? All right, that wasn't too bad. That, that, that was our, what, fourth time? Trying- third, third, I think it was third try. Third time's a charm. Hate Zoom. I hate it. And we're going to have to be using it the next few months. If you didn't hear on the last episode, we are moving out of our college apartments. We're headed back home. We're, we're traveling across the country right now. So the next few months are going to be remote. It's going to be sounding like this. I'm going to try to get my mic fixed uh, so that at least there's a little bit better quality from my end. But if there's any freezing, if there's any lag, excuse us. We're trying to we're trying to work through it, too. We, we don't like. Oh, no, you don't like it. So we're you just trying. you just lagged. You just lagged. True story. Did I, right. Did I really? Yeah, you did. Just for a second. Like like just for a second. Uh, I feel so bad. I feel bad for people listening to this. If it's going to lag, <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't because we're doing our mock draft 3.0 today, which is going to be huge. It's, it's going to be the one that's going to kind of set the tone for fantasy football season. Free agency's done. The NFL draft is done. We kind of have a a really good look, a a great picture to look at right now of what backfields are going to look like, what wide receiver cores are going to shape up to be, who's healthy, who's not healthy as of this moment. Everything's kind of not set in stone, but definitely heading in the right direction. So this mock draft is going to be the most important out of any of the ones that we've done so far. Uh, I didn't tell you guys the order yet, but Lucas, you are going to be just kidding. You're not. Jack, you're picking first. I'm picking yes. second, and Lucas, you're picking third. Yes. Perfect. That's going to be the order. We're going to get through, hopefully, rounds one and two today, and this is going to be a 12-round mock draft. We're going to take this. We're going to talk about deep sleepers over the next few weeks. We're going to talk about all of our, our handcuffs that we're looking at to get with some of these top running backs that we end up grabbing, talking about those QB2s that we've been mentioning the past few episodes of how high their ceilings are, how safe their floors are. A lot to get to, but again – starting with rounds one and two today without any other hesitation. Jack, you are on the clock. I love it. I love it. Without any t- any hesitation, I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey with the first overall pick, as it should be. Christian McCaffrey, when he's healthy, is insane. Shane, I saw you were saying you were tempted to take Dalvin Cook at number one over Christian McCaffrey. I'm sure that's why you gave yourself number two, so you can take Dalvin Cook. But with Christian McCaffrey... He's just miles, miles, miles ahead of everybody else. When he plays, he's by far the best player in fantasy football. We saw that two years ago when he scored 100 more points than the next leading scorer. We might see that again this year. Dalvin Cook's good. I get it, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. You got to take him here. I don't disagree with anything. I I totally, totally understand. I went the second pick. I am going to take Dalvin Cook. I I am set on Dalvin Cook as as my, at least right now, Overall, second overall player, my RB2 in my rankings. Listen, the Vikings did one thing totally right in this draft, and that was build a wall on that offensive line. They got Christian Darrisaw at 23. They got Wyatt Davis at pick 86. They are building, and, and you know what, what Dalvin Cook's been working with the past few years has been fine, but now it's better. Last year, he was the RB3 in PPR. Year before that, he missed a few games and was still the RB5. In 2018, he got hurt. That's when he was the RB 30. Every guy deals with injuries. Again, it's really hard to predict those. Christian McCaffrey dealt with a, a good amount of injuries last year. 
which is why I'm still going to have McCaffrey as my number one overall back, number one overall player. I'm not going to take any of that away from him in PPR especially. If we get to non-PPR, though, that's where I might have Dalvin Cook at number one in my rankings. I'm not really going to change anything up from what I've been doing. Give me Travis Kelsey here. Look, until the tight end position is proven to be anything resembling depth of, of any kind at all, I'm going to take Travis Kelsey here. Every single second of every single day, the positional advantage is, is just off the charts there. There are really three guys who, who are going to be assets to that tight end position. Outside of those three guys, you're really looking at – Jack, put the four down. Outside of those four. three guys – There's outside, four. Can you let me finish what I'm saying? Outside of no. those three guys, there are Sorry. players who are Interrupting better than Cal. others. Moo. There are players who are better Moo. than others, but none of them will be an asset to your team outside of the top three. Travis Kelsey's going off the board here. I think that's fair. I think Kyle Pitts is number four there. That's why I was throwing up the number four. I know, I know, I know, but I don't, I'm talking asset to your fantasy team, not better tight end than the rest of them. I think there are only three who will be an asset next year. Disagree. Disagree. We'll see. I would not, I I know how, how big I am on the tight end position, but I, I think I'm, I'm cementing this in for myself. I will not take a tight end with Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin cook and Derek Henry still on the board. I won't with Aaron Jones. That's fair. That's fair. And I, 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 I'm not super inclined to disagree with that take either, Jack. I love Aaron Jones as much as you. I've actually moved him up to four now with you. Um, I love Aaron Jones so much for the year. And I'm guessing he's going right here, isn't he? Um, yes, he will go right here. I'm going to take, wait, no, 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 no. He's not actually, because Derrick Henry's my next best ranked running back. I tried to put it in your mouth. You did. You I did. was so I was there. I you was almost there. you almost had him, Shane. You, you no, were close. Get, are we going to get to that point? Because we're still really early in in the in the pre not the preseason the, the off season here. It's still kind of fresh. We still got a few months before the fantasy season officially kicks off. Is there a chance that Jones jumps Henry in your rankings? No, actually, at this point, there's probably not, and that's because of the situation we're seeing in Green Bay right now. A quarterback change. Jones right now, where he's at without Jamal Williams there is sky high amazing for where he's at. AJ Dillon's going to take that exact workload that Jamal Williams. Yes, yes, but it's not going to be as big as Jamal Williams had. I think Jones is still going to ever see. Aaron Jones' reception numbers are going to go up. I don't care if a few carries go down. If his receptions go up in PPR, that's way better. And either way, Jones is probably still RB4, even if if Dillon takes a Jamal Williams role because he's been a top five running back for the past two years. And we thought touchdown regression was going to hit last year. It didn't. Well, it It did. It It, did did slightly, but not enough. It did, but points didn't lower. That's the thing. He had 10 fewer touchdowns last year. It didn't matter. He still finished his RB5. He still scored. He's the guy. Um, But that's not my pick because it's Derrick Henry. Because as I was saying earlier, that Green Bay situation, if Aaron Rodgers goes, that's a question mark. And that's not what you want to take with the third, fourth, fifth overall pick. You want to take the sure thing who's going to be a superstar. Derrick Henry, that offense runs through him. It's going to continue to run through him. Derrick Henry's going to have the ball in his hands 75% of the time. Let's get Derrick Henry on my fantasy team. Yep. I normally right here would be probably where I take my guy, my wide receiver, Devontae Adams. The news, everything surrounding what's going on in Green Bay has me shook. It it really does, because I I honestly don't know. I personally want Aaron Rodgers, if he's going to go out, to go to Vegas. I think some big things could really happen there for that wide receiver core. But for right now, I'm going to pretend like Aaron Rodgers could potentially be on the move, and I don't really want to take Devontae Adams 
because if Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback and it's Jordan Love, and we talked about it last time, I I don't I, I I'm really hesitant to take him out of my top ten, but he definitely definitely would fall out of the top five. I think there's there's enough talent in that top five to push him out with the quarterback play that those guys are going to have with with Hopkins and Diggs and Hill and Brown and probably Ridley would fall into five for me there. Once you get into the top ten, that's where it would be like, all right, do I have you know Keenan Allen or or Devontae Adams with Love? Maybe I'd probably lean Allen with with Justin Herbert, Allen Robinson or maybe Andy Dalton at quarterback. How, how would I feel about that? That's going to be the situation that it's going to come down to on, on draft day. Hopefully not because hopefully we have a better situation figured out by then. I'm going to take my guy here. Uh, he should be. Yeah. I'm going to go with him. Alvin Kamara. I really do think that Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback. I think that's going to help Kamara if it is Taysom Hill. And now I'm going under the assumption here that Rogers could be gone but Winston's going to be the starter. Those I, I everything has to go with an assumption right now because we really just don't know. So if if Winston's the starter, I think it's pretty much the same of what we saw. Maybe a little bit different because Drew Brees wasn't able to throw it down the field like Winston could. But I still think Kamara. We saw it last year. RB one. I think he could still do that. I really do. Kamara, I think it's cold. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Lucas. Kamara is slowly dropping in my rankings. Just uh, as this process goes on now, I will say the second Jameis Winston is announced as the starting quarterback, he will shoot up. But until that happens, I mean, I've got him at RB6 right now. I'm just not comfortable because I know how much Sean Payton likes Taysom Hill. They also went out and drafted Ian Book, though I don't really think that he's much competition. It's still a possibility. And Ian Book is also just not, would not be good for Kamara's value. So there's a, there's a lot of problems there. Yeah, at this point, it's too early for me to bank on that assumption that Jameis Winston's going to be a starter because it's not what we saw last year. We saw Taysom Hill go in as the starter, and we saw the Saints win football games. Why would they change anything up? No, I think Jameis Winston's a better quarterback. I think he's not a better football player because Taysom Hill does everything, but I think he's a better quarterback and he'll run that offense better than Taysom Hill would. I don't know if we're going to see that next year, though. So I I can't make that assumption at this point. So right now I have Alvin Kamara at 10 in my rankings. Yeah, 10 overall or 10 among running? 10 overall. 10 overall. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. No, I'm I'm going to – Aaron Jones is, is going off the board here for my pick. Um, I mean, you, you probably could have guessed that. We've, we've talked about it, and, and I've mentioned several times that A.J. Dillon's the RB2 there, and sure, that'll mean that some carries for Aaron Jones are probably going to go, but that's going to mean that they're going to get more receptions. So I will take that trade off every single day of the week. Give me Aaron Jones right here. It's a steal in my mind. It's a steal. I'll go with a guy now with the next pick that's getting better and better every single year. He's getting more integrated into the league and into his offense. And he now is the offense. That's Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb's the guy to go with here on the Cleveland Browns. He's a workhorse back. I know Kareem Hunt's there. I don't care because Nick Chubb gets all the carries that he needs to produce fantasy wise. The Browns offense is looking up. They are on the rise. They are going to continue to be on the rise. And Nick Chubb is going to continue to score touchdowns. Give me Nick Chubb as my RB one next year. I think Nick Chubb has a legitimate chance of. Oh, we lost him. Are we you lost him. I, I, I mean, Shane's probably going to sit there and say, I think Nick Chubb has a legitimate chance of what finishing as the RB one oh. is that's, that's the Shane you cut out. What, what'd you say? That's exactly what I was going to say. And I knew I cut out as soon as you guys gave me blank stares on a screen. <laughs> that's why I hate this. I hate zoom. Uh, but yes, I do think Nick Chubb has a chance of finishing as the RB1. We saw the pace he was on before he got injured last year. He was facing the Cowboys, and he got six touches in, and then he got hurt. I can only imagine how many yards he would have run for against that Cowboys defense at that point, especially what we saw with 
you know, Antonio Gibson and Kenyon Drake, those guys did to that Dallas defense. He was on a torrid pace. I really do think he could have finished as a top three running back last year. And I think this year, that Browns offense, I think he could be number one. I do. He's moving up my ranking slowly but surely. And and that's you're, you're absolutely not not far off. Like that is very possible for Nick Chubb. But unlike you, Nick Chubb has actually been trending down in my rankings a little bit. And and, and here's why: it's not because of anything with him. I think the upside is still there. My problem in PPR, there's just some guys that I would rather take, especially with some of the additions we've seen these these teams have. Right? Austin Eckler has moved ahead of him in my rankings after the the addition of Rashawn Slater. I absolutely love that. I still have Zeke higher than him. I know you guys are a little bit lower on Zeke than I am. That offensive line is, is going to be healthier. It's going to be better. We're going to get Dak back. You can't count Zeke out. He was a top three running back a while ago for, for a reason. Well, we'll get to Zeke in a minute. It's my pick, and I am taking Austin Eckler because I have Austin Eckler as my RB5. I'm not putting Nick Chubb above Austin Eckler. I love Austin Eckler for next year, and one of those reasons is because of the addition of Rashawn Slater. You said it right there. I think this offense is now building itself around Justin Herbert, around Austin Eckler, because they took, I think, Larry Rantry in the sixth or seventh round, maybe the sixth round. Uh, no, no real competition. They really didn't bring in any competition for Austin Eckler. We saw what he did when he was healthy at the beginning of the season. We saw what he did when he came back healthy at the end of last season. He didn't finish as a RB2 because he did miss a decent portion of games. But the games that he did play when he was healthy, RB8, RB9, 17, 18. I really think there's a chance that we'll see Austin Eckler as a top five running back this year, especially with the offense coming together, a new head coach, new everything for Justin Herbert. Yeah, you're right. Austin Eckler is is definitely uh, – I mean, I, I absolutely expect him to improve from last year. Well, and when he played last year, he was still amazing. And the year before that, when he played without Melvin Gordon, he was also amazing. So, you know what? This year, he's going to be amazing. He was RB6 in 2019 in PPR. RB6. Yeah. He's a first-round pick in your yep. league. He was – absolutely, be. absolutely has to be. And you know what? That leaves me with taking Ezekiel Elliott here. Too much value. He's my fifth-ranked running back. Again, I, I mentioned I know you guys are a little bit lower on him than I am, but Ezekiel Elliott has always produced whenever he's been on the field with pieces around him. Last year, he didn't have pieces around him. I mean, that team turned to absolute dog water, as the kids would say. Um, and so it was uh, it was a rough year for Zeke, but you know what? That team is healthier. He's going to turn it around. I trust Zeke. Absolutely. And getting him in the, the middle to middle late part of the first round is, is really going to end up being a steal. Let's stop here for a second. Let's stop here and let's look at the draft board of what's happened so far. So besides Travis Kelsey at pick three, which I think in any other league probably would not happen. Right. Every pick has been running backs. He'll still so we, probably go in the first round. Like, do you think that he would go before uh, at, prior to this pick? I think so. In a lot of, in a lot of leagues, I think so. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, looking at, at what we've done so far, it's been on non, nonstop running backs, like nonstop. I think that's going to be the way that it is. I think yep. that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a huge run, huge run on running backs in the first round, and you're going to have to get on that train. If you're not taking Travis Kelsey or if Aaron Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay and has Devontae Adams still, if you're not taking either of those two, grab a running back, please. I don't think it's the time to mess around, do the no RB strategy. I think you got to get your guy. Yeah, I'll yeah. jump in here. I'll take Saquon. It's my pick, right? So I'll take Saquon yeah. Barkley here. Let's yeah. make it one more. Why not? I mean, he's the Giants guy. I know he's coming off the ACL. It scares me a little bit, but I need a running back now because all the running backs are off the board. So I'm going to lead my team with Saquon Barkley. I'll take a nice, solid guy when we come back around in the second, hold him there, and then we could wind up with a pretty good team. A little bit of a risky pick, a little riskier than I like in the first round, but we're going to do it right now. 
Look, absolutely. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have gone there. I think after Nick Chubb, after RB8, I'll probably stick with, and Travis Kelsey, after those nine guys are off the board, I'll probably stick with grabbing a, a wide receiver because I, I don't know if I feel, and I I don't hate the pick of Saquon Barkley there. It's definitely a pick I would do, and I think he could be very good, but I probably, with some of the elite wide receivers still on the board, aka every single one of them ha- is on the board since none of them have been taken, I'd probably take a wide receiver with that pick. I still would have gone with Saquon. Saquon's that last guy in my tier. Yeah, I mean that's fair. He's he's on the border. I mean he's a first rounder in my mind. But I I would have I would have at least given a wide receiver some thought there. He's the last guy in my tier of running backs that can be the best player on your team while you win a fantasy championship if everything goes to plan next year which it usually doesn't you'll usually find some diamonds in the rough but he's the last sure thing that I know if he's my best player I still have a chance of winning a fantasy championship next year for a lot of these other guys i'm not 100 sure of that yeah there's there is a gap between after that tier two of running backs with saquon zeke and nick chubb and eckler those guys to then the sophomore running backs that we're going to see go with gibson and acres and and swift and some of those other guys so there's definitely a a little bit of a, of a room wiggle room there uh to to make a different pick and that's where i'm going to go here i'm not going to take one of those running backs just yet I'll, I'll take him. I'll take him. I was going to take him at pick five normally, but now I have to take him at pick 11. And I'm glad, I'm glad you took him because making that decision between Adams and Diggs would have been impossible for me. I'll take, I'll take Devonta Adams. Listen, last year, Devonta Adams, I'll say it. I've said it so many times and I will continue to say it. he had three 40 plus point games in PPR. That is immaculate. You love to see that, that win not only wins you weeks that wins you championships. And it honestly could have won me a championship if I had built a better team around him, but unfortunately I did not. Uh, but listen, Devontae Adams, if you're getting him here with Aaron Rodgers still at the helm, that's that's an incredible steal. Yeah. And you'll be able to take a running back, whether it be Gibson or Akers or whoever you want to go with, with your next pick, or maybe you'll go around. Well, with you did talk about Gibson and I do have back-to-backs here. And so I'm going to go wide receiver running back and, and I'm going to grab Stefan Diggs here. So thank you for making my decision easier because I absolutely love Stefan Diggs for the year. Josh Allen is only getting better. Their chemistry is only getting better. He has a legitimate chance of, as Jack mentioned, being the best player on a fan fantasy championship team. He really does. Devonte Adams as well. Then I'll grab Antonio Gibson as my RB1. Obviously riskier just due to the fact that he's a sophomore running back, young guy in the league, but Gibson and just not overall very accustomed to the running back position yet. It was like literally his first season playing running back last year. Like, I don't know if he played it in high school or anything like that, but in college, he was a wide receiver, but he he was pretty darn good whenever he did play. And that tells me that there's going to be a lot of receptions for him to have with Fitzmagic there. I'll take Antonio Gibson here. I, I love Gibson. And I think that's a great way to start a team. All right, I've got a whole bunch to speak on these last few picks here. So first off with the Adams pick, Adams is not the top receiver on my board anymore, and that's pure situational-wise. If we were drafting today for the season starting in three months, Devontae Adams is not the guy at the moment because you do not know that he do, that he has Aaron Rodgers next year. And okay, we don't know who's not starting for the Saints, so we can't we, – all- Exactly, that's why I'm not taking Alvin Kamara either in the first round at this point. Well, I'll take him 10, but that's not why I'm taking – that's why I'm not taking him but my first year of running backs either at this point. So Devontae Adams for me is dropped. He's the third best wide receiver on my board still. Don't get me wrong. I think he's still a top 15 wide receiver even without Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers makes him the wide receiver one. Without him, he is not the wide receiver one anymore. Because of that risk, I'm weighing that risk. I'm moving him down to three. I think Stefan Diggs should be the first wide receiver off the board, but I think there's a tier there between him and Saquon Barkley. That's why I want Saquon Barkley there. Antonio Gibson freaks me out. 
I don't know if I like him being my running back one next year. I like Antonio Gibson a lot. I think he's fantastic. I think. He's what what other running back ones are you taking at this point, though? At this point, see, there's not a whole lot. I'll probably still take Chris Carson over. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't like that. And that's the thing. Look, I'm no, not as my RB one. Joe Mixon, I think you would Antonio take Gibson over him. My RB one. Oh no, no, no! Oh. That the first pick in the second round, you're taking Joe Mixon. Are you really ready to be? No, that down I'm not. Bad, I'm taking. I actually, I would have gone. You are back so to ready teams. to be that down bad. No, I, I, I can't. But I can't do that either because by the time we get back around, my best option would probably be Miles Sanders, who was gross. Like so. So the question becomes then, and Shane, you're going to bring this up as a draft strategy in a second. I can see it. Do you punt on the running back position if you fall out of the top ten there? And I no, think no, realistically in the back no. end of the first round, if you have because a first Antonio round Gibson pick at eleven, is still or 12, so good. I, I still really like, like not, Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson. I would still feel comfortable going into the season with him as my RB one, especially with Stephon Diggs on my team. Like that's just a great way to start a team. Yes, I said that it's not the greatest, but I'm going to try it again because I think that if done right. It can work. You look at some of the names that are going to come up. Your team doesn't have to be pretty all the time. It doesn't have to be pretty. It has to be gritty. That's what it really has to be. You have to get those points somehow. It's got to come at some position. Sometimes it's got to come on the on the account that you don't get one of those top names. It's, it's going to happen. So one team in your league is not going to have these high-profile names. You, If that's going to be your team, you can't panic at that point and then try to trade everything away to then grab one of those running backs. Because I've been that guy before where I look at my team and I'm like, this is gross. I see guys that are less than 99% owned and I can't. I can cut some of these guys and I don't like that. And I need to have one of those top RBs on my team. It, it doesn't always have to be like that. Looking at, like I said, some of the running backs that are going to come later down the line, Mike Davis as an RB2, I don't think it's as terrible as we might think. Falcons, again, did not add anyone to that offense. The only person out there, and Jack, I think you said it last week, that could scare me just a little bit would be Adrian Peterson. But I still think Mike Davis out of that backfield is going to get the receptions, he's going to get the carries, and he's going to be the focal point, at least coming out of that backfield for touches. And I think if you yep. get that your RB2, and you start to take some of these high-profile wide receivers, then grab an elite tight end, then maybe as your RB1, I don't want to say RB1 because he's not going to be an RB1, but you have some of those guys like you know, Chase Edmonds or Naheem Hines, and you build a core around some of those higher-profile PPR running backs that you know are going to see not only touches but reception touches, and there you go. You, you've got at least, out of those guys, maybe 12 points in PPR game. Out of your wide receivers, you're getting at least 20 points in PPR per game. Out of your tight end position, which is going to be the biggest advantage, you're going to get maybe 15 points in PPR per game. And then depending on what you do with quarterback and you do that right, I think it could still work out if you don't take a high-profile running back and you punt on that position for now. I mean, it's possible, and, and I'm excited to see you try. So I assume you're taking Tyreek Hill here. Yes, I'm going to take Tyreek Hill. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, those are my number one and two wide receivers still. Uh, I haven't moved much. I mean, I have digs in that same tier. I'll be honest, for me, it's kind of one ABC. It really is. It's one ABC because I think, I like you said, Lucas, I really liked it. I like digs I think you should throw a D in there for Hopkins, but aside from that, I agree. I have Hopkins at five. I love it. I love A.J. Brown. I love, I love me A.J. Brown. Look, I, I love some A.J. Brown too, but I, I can't be that crazy. Sometimes you got to be that guy to, yeah. to set the tone, be the tone setter. But Hopkins is too with... good. DeAndre Hopkins is too good. I'm be the tone setter when it comes to AJ Brown, but I'm still going to take Tyreek Hill uh, right here. Yep. So this team has Hill and Adams, no running backs for now. Yep. Jack, all you. 
All right, I'm going to go tight end here. I'm going Darren Waller with the next pick. Uh, I have Saquon Barkley on this team. Let's throw in Darren Waller. We got possible guys who could be number top two guys who could be top three in their position very easily next year um, at our these two positions here. I like that. I like to see big numbers. Darren Waller can put up big numbers, and there's an off chance that Aaron Rodgers is throwing to him next year. So we're going to take that off chance. We're going to run with it. And if it's Derek Carr, we're just as fine too. So like, we'll like I said, if Aaron Rodgers ends up in Vegas, which I want to happen, Darren Waller needs to be a first round pick. I don't want to hear yep. Darren yep. Waller needs to be a first round pick. No and question. I would, I would sit here and listen to you make a case for why Darren Waller should be above Travis Kelsey. And I'm going to be honest, I will give it serious thought because that would be ridiculous. Like, I mean, I that I would be that case. I, I mean, absolutely. Not, not only that, I think that might actually be the case that I end up making because I think it could be the truth, you know, and, and that's the crazy thing, right? We know how high I am on Travis Kelsey right now. I took him third overall. So where am I taking Darren Waller? We'll see. Also, I'm all doing this partly just to get a sense of where, what would happen if this were to be the case, like how you're doing the no RB strategy. I just like to do this because I like to get a sense of, of kind of where my team's going to end up if I take Travis Kelsey number one overall but we're talking about tight ends right now I mean gosh my picks are between DeAndre Hopkins and George Kittle and this is a tough decision to make but I will say if I was on the clock with and this was my only team that I had to worry about and and I'm trying to win a championship I probably got to go George Kittle here at this point and so that's why I'm going to take I just again I've talked about it George Kittle is an asset at the tight end position there aren't a lot of those George Kittle is who I'm going to go with here I want to point something out. So looking back at our mock draft two, we had Travis Kelsey go at pick two because you, Lucas, took him there. And then we didn't have a tight end go until pick 18. I took Darren Waller and George Kittle. Oh, George Kittle went at pick 17. Waller went at pick 18. Do you guys think there's a reason why we're moving them back up again? Is it just because of that premium position that we're seeing once again is a clear need with how we're building our team? I think it was. I think what we realized is is that you know, first off, I think Darren Waller and George Kittle, as soon as one of us sees the other go off the board, then we the next person just grabs the next guy. And I think that's something you'll see a lot, right? But I also think there's this, this kind of air of, uh, you know, now that we're less confident with Devontae Adams, where we're less confident in the top receiver, right? I, I think everything's kind of moving up. It, it's why so many running backs went without a break. You know, it's, it's because we're just less confident with that top tier of wide receivers. Right here with my team three, right after you took George Kittle, might be how I want every team to start off with that I have next year. Austin Eckler, A.J. Brown. That's it. That's the two. If I can start off every draft like that next year, I'm very confident in my ability to, to, to get the rest of the roster ready for a championship run. I think A.J. Brown could be the wide receiver one next year. Overall in fantasy, it's his third season in the league. We love those third season wide receivers. Those are that That's that breakout year that we've seen with so many guys in the past. He's already um, broken out. No, 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 no. The breakout year, the huge breakout is coming for A.J. Brown. It's next season. We saw it with Calvin Ridley. He, he had that uh, a leap from you know wide receiver two to wide receiver one. A.J. Brown's having a leap from wide receiver one to the wide receiver one. Book it. I've got him at five. I can't argue with it. The only argument I can make is Hopkins is still on the board. Yep, that's legit. I like Hopkins a lot too, so why not? Well, It's my pick, right? So I'm going to take him and pair him with Nick Chubb here. I like Hopkins. We're going to throw him up there with Nick Chubb. That could be a star-studded core there. 
I like DeAndre Hopkins with Tyler Murray. He showed it last year that he can still be an absolute superstar. We got a couple of superstars there, Nick Chubb and DeAndre Hopkins. Now, this is a position I don't like to be in because I honestly don't know who I'm going to take here, right? I mean, we have some good options, but ah, man, I, I mean, you know what? Actually, that's a lie. I do know who I'm going to take here and I'm going to take Cam Akers. I, I think that pairing Cam Akers and Aaron Jones is ridiculous. I, I mean, I really like Akers for the season. I, I think he'll have a good season. And uh, yeah, I, I, the wide receivers, I think at this point, I don't know if there's another wide receiver I'd feel super comfortable with taking in the second round. I mean, obviously there are going to be ones that you have to take at the late part of the second round, but all these guys kind of feel like third rounders to me. So I'm going to go with Cam Akers, who I think is one of the last second round running backs on the board. I want to talk about Hopkins for a second because we didn't get enough time to talk about him. Then we'll move to Cam Akers. I'm looking at the breakdown from last season. A.J. Brown had one, two, three, four finishes outside of the top 50 for wide receivers, right? DeAndre Hopkins had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven finishes outside of the top 35. And then out of the top 50, he had one, two, three. Pretty similar number. I, I whoa, 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 whoa. Are you counting the games that AJ Brown missed at the beginning of the year? Because he missed a few games there at the beginning of the year, too. I mean, you're right. If he didn't miss those games, he'd be higher than probably DeAndre Hopkins in the overall end of year fantasy rankings. Yeah, he's a big game guy. Hopkins is going to give you more consistency, though. I think that's fair. No, like, no, I'll get I'll give you this. I'll give you this. Like Hopkins was very consistent. It does look yes. pretty consistent. I mean, I Hopkins. When, when looking at consistency, you kind of have to take into account volume pretty heavily, and I think Hopkins will have more volume. He always has, and I think well, – How I is he going to get more? I don't see how he can get more volume. I'll, I'll more volume it. than A.J. Brown. No, absolutely not. A.J. Brown, they had a no competition for. You think Josh Reynolds is going to take more volume away than, than uh, someone else? I mean, Derek Henry. Derek, Derek Henry is going to catch more passes next year. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited for that. I think that's going to be great, but that's nowhere. A.J. Brown is, besides Henry, the volume of that offense. Looking at DeAndre Hopkins last season, 6, 9, 10, 46, 7, 39, 9, 75, 3, 45, 40, 18, 10, 2, 37, 63. That was week one through 17 for his finishes in PPR. That's all over the place. And I brought this up in the past. He's not as consistent as people think. That's fair. I mean, you're you're that, that's a fair argument, but you also have to think Kyler Murray's one year better. Their connection is one year better. DeAndre Hopkins is still overall a better receiver than AJ Brown, and I also think he's still going to get more volume than AJ Brown. Although I do think it will be pretty close, and it's a it's it's close for me. I mean, all that tier, I love all those guys. All those guys are it's really a a, a drop off from AJ Brown to Calvin Ridley in my rankings. But I, I mean, I, I'd still go Hopkins over Brown at this point. Jack, would you like to comment back or? No, that, I mean, you, you hit on pretty much everything there. I, I like Hopkins too. I, I, I understand the Brown height. I Brown's right there in my rankings too with DeAndre Hopkins. They are both very good receivers. It's DeAndre Hopkins though. It's hard to bet against DeAndre Hopkins. You yep. have to take him at this point. Yep. It's tough though. I understand where you're coming from with AJ Brown. And I think the big playability is there. We've seen a longer sample size of career from DeAndre Hopkins. We'd like him with Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray takes a step up, Tannehill's not taking a step up next year. Tannehill's a flat line at this point. If Kyler Murray takes a step up, there's a lot more potential there for Hopkins. So we'll take him there. 
Yes, but I, I do think that the the presence of Brown single-handedly leading that wide receiving core, taking up those extra targets that Davis had a huge impact on the Titans offense. And while Tannehill doesn't have to take a step up, all he has to do is throw the ball more to AJ Brown. And we're going to see that vast improvement in his fantasy stock. Do you guys legitimately think that Hopkins can finish as the number one wide receiver next year in fantasy? Yes. yes. No question. Yeah, absolutely. He has before. Why can't he do it again with the Kyler Murray? Who's better? Absolutely. All right. I could see it. I could see AJ Brown finishing. I actually, sure. I agree with you. I agree. I think, all right, here's where I'm going to put this out. Here. I'm going to lay this out. So I think A.J. Brown has a higher chance of finishing as the wide receiver one next year, but I think he also has a higher chance of finishing outside of the top 10 than DeAndre Hopkins does. A.J. Brown also has an injury concern, so I think that's another factor to take into his bust ability, and I think for A.J. Brown, there's a good chance he could fall out of the top 10. I don't think it's a great chance. I love A.J. Brown for next year still. He's in my top 10 receivers, but I have to drop him out a little bit more than DeAndre Hopkins just Where because. is he in your rankings? So I have him right behind. I love Amari Cooper, so I have him right behind Amari Cooper. Oh, boom. My next receiver went Hopkins, Ridley, Amari Cooper, A.J. Brown for me. So you would take – if if Hopkins was gone and you were in a real-life draft right now and and A.J. Brown was gone, which that wouldn't matter anyway. Yeah. It's you like this. A.J. Brown was on the board. Hopkins was gone. You're picking your wide receiver. You're taking Amari Cooper right now? That's a great question. We'll see where everybody else is thinking Amari Cooper's at because I'm looking at his average draft position and it's not as high as I have him. So if I, and for good position, reason, for good yeah, reason, not for good reason. He was the wide receiver one when Dak Prescott played. So not for good reason. Four like, games, four games. I'll take that. I'll take that. I think that's okay. a good enough sample size for me. So I don't, I, we'll see where his average draft position is. We'll see where everybody's talking around on draft day, but I would probably take one of my other guys first and then try to pair him with, um, Amari Cooper later. All right. All right, Shane. I think you're, I picked Cam Akers, didn't I? I know. I know. I want to talk about Cam Akers for a second. Perfect. I really like Cam Akers. I know. I do Thank too. You. Thank yep. you. Perfect. All right. He's a potential. He's a guy who, I mean, I've got him at RB 11. I expect him to finish as an RB one. Aaron Jones, Cam Akers is my team right now. That's two RB ones. Come on. Come on. I have, I have Akers at 11. Do you have Gibson at 10? Yeah. I have Gibson at 10 too and Akers at 11. That's so cute. Nothing's changed from last year for Gibson other than the quarterback, and it doesn't help him that much. Except that he's a, sec- he's a year Barnhill. older and he was really good last year. And he has JD McKissick and Peyton Barber still there, and he was sharing carries at the end of the year. Well, Peyton Barber. What? Don't pull Katie Peyton Barber. JD McKissick's not going to do squat. Yes. No, he won't. Watch it. He will not. He's going to lead the back. Curtis team. Samuel. Curtis Samuel is Curtis more Samuel's of a threat than going to take Exactly. That's another threat. There's so many threats right now. There's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. None of them stand out. Antonio Gibson doesn't stand out to yes, me. Yes, he does. No. Um, I, oh, 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 I'm sorry, Jack. I didn't realize that Antonio Gibson. Uh, I didn't realize that you were making the decisions for the Washington football team. That it was up to you whether Antonio I'm Gibson not, stood out or not. The decision makers. Oh, for the okay. Football team so why does it matter if he stands out to you? Because he definitely stands out to the Washington football team staff, who are very committed to going forward with him as their RB one and giving him a bigger workload. Like Antonio Gibson, I have Gibson at ten because reports are coming out that he will get a bigger workload. And that he looks phenomenal. And he looked fantastic last season. So Antonio Gibson, my RB10. I'm comfortable going into a season with him as my RB1. Jack, where do you have Gibson? 
I have Gibson at overall rankings. Where did he go? 25 overall. I think he's a low second round pick. Among I running backs. I have him below Joe Mixon. It's you give me a number. You got, you got to rank running backs, Jack. You can't just give us overall. Because right, it's hard, I need to know if he's an RB1 in your rankings or not an RB1. No way. No way. No, I have him as an RB2. I have him as a, I have about 14 right now. 15. 15 right now. That's where I have him. Running back. And you have Chris Carson in your top 10? I have Chris Carson. Yeah, top 10 are running backs. I have him at 17. Boo. Boo. So. That's gross. I, that I just don't understand. Like, no. I feel like the ceiling for Carson is capped, whereas for Gibson, it's sky high. Sky high. All right, but we do have to move on. We're starting to run low on time. We have three, four, five more picks to make. So, oh, geez. All right, I'm taking Calvin Ridley. I'll stick with my guy. Um, yep. I think they'll keep Julio Jones, to be honest. I really uh, think they will. And uh, listen, with this team that I have, who knows, maybe later on I'll pair. I'll, I'll draft Matt Ryan as my second quarterback, and I'll just have some of those fun days where I take Ridley and Ryan. So I don't have to worry about someone else having Ryan, and I can have Ridley as my top guy. But I still think Ridley is a top, has, has the potential to be a top five wide receiver once again. Uh, even with Julio there, even with Pitts there, I still think Ridley has that potential. Yeah, that's legit. I mean, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense again, but that offense is going to be very, very good, and he should have end zone opportunities. Ridley's a fantastic end zone target. Yep. Um, I mean, he was next on my board too, so I was pretty close to taking him as well. I've got Derrick Henry with this next team here. Let's go with – oh, I could go receiver. But let's go with my next best running back available. That is – Chris Carson. Chris Carson. That's fine. I mean, honestly, that means that – you leave better running backs on the board for me. So thank you, Jack. Chris Carson has been consistently awesome when he plays. There's no reason to hate on Chris Carson at this point. The guy gets carries. The guy gets receptions. He also scores with those carries, and he scores with those receptions. I mean, we're talking about a guy who had five rushing touchdowns last year in only 12 games, a guy who had a significant role in the receiving game, who had 37 receptions last season. I mean, realistically, Chris Carson is the guy I want on my fantasy roster right here. And just comparing reception numbers a little bit, I mean, you you look overall, and last year, um, you're talking about Antonio Gibson being this big receiving back. Antonio Gibson played 14 games last year, had 36 receptions. Chris Carson played four, played 12 games last year and had 37 receptions. Chris Carson out-received Antonio Gibson. He has less competition in that backfield. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. Carlos no, he Hyde's doesn't. gone now. Carlos Rashad Hyde's gone. Penny. Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny doesn't scare me as much as Carlos Hyde did. And he is in a very, very good offense with Russell Wilson, who's committed and who is locked in and who wants to go win a Super Bowl. Chris Carson has everything going right for him. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Chris Carson just won't end as an RB1. Like, I, I mean, he just, he just won't. I, he might end as a high-end RB2 but I just don't think he's got RB1 in him. And and that's where the concern is. And maybe it's, maybe he has low end RB1 in him. Maybe he does. But the fact that that ceiling is capped where it is, is why I'm going to drop him in my rankings a little bit, because I don't want to take him as my top running back. I I just, my second running back. I, I, and even then there are still better guys on the board that I'd rather take a risk on. And I'd rather take a shot and swing on Deandre Swift, who could legitimately finish top five at the running back position. And he ends up finishing 20 with Chris Carson finishing 12. I'd rather take the, the shot on DeAndre Swift and miss than I would go for Chris Carson. Jack, are you going for safety with your picks or are you going for that upside? 
I'm it just depends. curious what your strategy is. But with the team that you built right now, like if mm-hmm. you've taken a running back already and you have, let's say, a safe Derrick Henry or Aaron Jones, would you be more inclined to go another safe route and draft a guy like Chris Carson where you know that he's guaranteed to finish at, at the very least inside the top 20 for the running back position? Or would you rather take a shot on a guy who has the upside, the youth, the touches to finish in that top five? You know what? This is interesting here because this actually is very league dependent for me. It depends how the draft board falls. It depends how many teams make the playoffs in my league, actually. Because if I'm taking Chris Carson and Derrick Henry as my top two running backs and I know I can fill out a solid receiving core later, I'm going to put up at least average production every single week. That's going to get me to at least 500. If I'm, I'm in the 12 person league with six people um, making the playoffs, and I know these guys can stay healthy and I know I can make midseason trades. I'm definitely going the safety route here because I think Chris Carson's ceiling is high. I still think it's at an RB1 value because I think the touches are there. So we're talking about possibly having two RB1s, maybe not the highest of ceilings, but at the least with that running back core, I'm getting above average production from Derrick Henry and Chris Carson. And I'm probably going to have an above average team, no matter what, if it's the top four teams make the playoffs in a 12 team league, I might go the riskier route, but at this moment where most of my leagues are either 10 person, four people make it or 12 person, six people make it. I'm going to go the safer route because I know I can get to at least 500 with those two as my, uh, as my running back core. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the pick. I would just rather swing for a little bit of upside. I like to play. I like to play life. I like to take life on the edge. You know what I'm saying? Live a little Jack. You're, you're, you're playing too safe. It's, it's All right, more... what are you taking here, Lucas? You well, taking... I'm, I'm in fact, not actually going to take a running back. I have Travis Kelsey here. This is where I took Travis Kelsey third overall. And I'm going to take, take Keenan Allen here. why don't you live on the edge? Take another tight end. Yeah. Take two tight ends, two tight ends. I'm going to run a tight end in my flex. No, Keenan Allen is going off the board here. I mean, there's great value there in the back end of the second round. This, this wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, those are Terry McLaurin. Those are all really good guys. So I think back into the second, first end of the third are great spots for him. Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert is, you know, hopefully not going to take too much of a step back. I know I've talked about the sophomore slump, but that shouldn't affect Keenan Allen too much. He's uh he's going to still get a lot of volume. Yeah, I love Keenan Allen. Uh, I, I put out a tweet the other day asking people what their thoughts were on pairing a quarterback and wide receiver for fantasy. And, and people seem to like the risk, you know, just for pure enjoyment. And one of those risks that I took last year was pairing Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen every single week. And it was fun. It was fine. You know, I never thought I'd actually enjoy watching Chargers games until I had both Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert on my team. <laughs> uh, it was a good time. And no, listen, you took Keenan Allen. He's my next highest wide receiver. So I'm going to have to pivot here uh, with my first pick on this team was Dalvin Cook. So I am going to go with wide receiver and I am going to go with a guy that you mentioned, Terry McLaurin. I have yep. him as my wide receiver eight. I Me love too. Terry. I know why we're so crazy. That's we're so, so cute. Crazy. Uh, That's I so love cute, Shane. I really, I love Fitz. Um, I, I think Fitz, I keep saying it. Uh, I, I say a lot of stuff over and over again, because I do believe what I say. And I think that Fitz has the potential to lead this team to a Super Bowl. I think Washington has the best defense. I think Washington has vastly, vastly improved their offense. I think Fitz has the weapons and Terry McLaurin now has the support system around him to catapult him into that top 10 wide receiver echelon. And he's going to go finish in there next season. Yep. All right, Jack, last pick of the episode. Dun, yeah, dun, I, dun. I go back to back here. So I'm going to have to make some decisions going in to next episode because leave I... a teaser at least. What'd you say? I said do a little teaser at least. Leave, we'll leave us on a cliffhanger. We'll see. I'll go with Allen Robinson with my first pick. I think that's the safe pick. He's got Andy Dalton or Justin Fields throwing to him. I like that. He's safe. 
He will pair very well with Christian McCaffrey. That is going to win me multiple weeks of fantasy football if those are my top two scores. We are very happy with that. And then I'm either going to go running back. I'll actually go high upside running back here, or I'll go with my wide receiver. One of my, the guy I think is going to finish his wide receiver one next year. So well, we know who that is. You can't you leave us on a better. You got to leave us on a better cliffhanger than That's that. That's a bad cliffhanger. Or Boo. I'll go with. Boo. Or I'll go with somebody else. There we go. Tight end. Maybe tight end four. Could Maybe. be going off the board. Maybe not. First pick of the third round. You are the biggest on tight end four. Does does Kyle Pitts? No, see, so don't, don't say the name. In the first round? I, no. I mean, well, everybody knows who his tight end four is, Shane. And I think if we say his name, it, it leads more suspense because they're like, oh, my gosh, could a rookie tight end really go off the board in the first pick of the third round? Could Kyle Pitts go off the board in the first pick of the third Maybe. round? You'll just have to tune in next week to find out. Maybe. Next year, do you think that – I think next year he could be a second-round pick. We're going to be totally honest. We'll see. Next year, we'll he could be a first-round pick. I think next year he could be a zero-round pick. You got to claim dibs before the draft. That's what you're going to have to do with some of these other tight ends. Got to get the elite tight ends. Darren Waller, first round pick if Rodgers goes to Vegas. That's going to do it for us here on the Fantasy Football Laboratory. I am now done with school, so there are going to be plenty of things to be on the lookout for on fflaboratory.com. Tons of cool stuff coming your way. Keep it on the Twitter at fflaboratory and keep it on the TikTok at fflaboratory. Got a lot of cool stuff lined up for you guys on TikTok. For the Chemist Jack McGrath, Spitfire Lucas Parrish, I'm the King of Trade, Shane Palma. Have a great day.